Well, amen. Good morning, Identity Church. We are on in the back, and I'm on up here. I'm going to tell you what. Holy Spirit is so good. I've been, I've been raring for the last two days to teach this message. This has been something that the Lord put on my heart. I guess it was probably around Friday afternoon. Um, I, I'm sort of a science nerd sometimes, if y'all ever... You know, if y'all ever want to talk about sciencey stuff, I love science. So anyway, I, I was actually reading some stuff, and I've studied I've studied a lot of different types of sciences, and this hit me so hard. And the Lord put a message in my heart that I believe is going to knock your socks off. By the way, I believe this is going to be one of these things where you're going to go, I see it now. If I never saw it before. That the words that I speak and the things that I do, that they matter, today's going to be it. And when Heather said it just a second ago about, about, you know, speaking to those things, I thought to myself, man, I didn't tell her to say that. That was the Holy Spirit. And there's some of you that you need to be speaking the word in ways that changes your trajectory. I'm going to say that again. You need to be speaking God's word in ways that changes your trajectory. You know, one of the things about your words being a building block of life. You know, last week we talked about the ground. We talked about how to have a good ground, how to get all those rocks, all that doubt and unbelief out, right? And so I'm going to start right there. I'm going to start there with, but I'm going to start from the perspective of Mark 11, 23, 24. And see, most everybody, if you've heard me teach on anything about Mark 11, 23, 24, you know that, that Jesus had cursed the fig tree. He'd went into Bethany and then he had come back and he had went to the temple and they were, they were all the, the money changers were, were changing money and he goes and flips the tables, right? That, now there's hundreds of guards, okay, that would have cut him down over that, Okay. Now, I just want you to understand the situation because if you don't understand the situation, you don't know where Jesus was at. Jesus is in the temple. They killed people for less. If you came in and you spoke blasphemy, you, you touched anything, you didn't do what was right, they would kill you right there and there was no recourse. It was, you were done. But you know, the other miracle that happened in the middle of that is these tables were like 500 pounds. And they were as wide almost as this church is. And he flips that sucker end over end. See, the disciples saw two miracles. They saw Jesus go and flip the table. And then he walked right through the midst and is just chewing everybody out. That you've made this not my father's house, a house of worship, but you've made it a den of thieves and liars. See, the disciples, man, they got to see Jesus in all his glory. They got to see him go in there and he got the bully pulpit of knowing who he was in Christ Jesus. But you know what? They're walking out of Bethany. And guess what's happening? They've got the Mount of Olives that are like on its left. Now, the Mount of Olives was not less like a little mound. It was a pretty big little deal. In fact, they had to climb it. 
In fact, it was so tall that you actually could see over into the, into the Red Sea. You could see into the, the area there. And what, what you have to understand is this was a big mountain and then a pretty good-sized valley that was going between Bethany and Jerusalem. And see, this is one of the things that we need to understand when we see some of these is that Jesus is not just speaking, just he's just throwing words out of his mouth. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, he believed that it was dead. But in Mark eleven twenty two, Peter goes, or, or Mark eleven twenty one, he goes, Jesus, Jesus, look, the fig tree that you cursed is dead from the roots. You know, Jesus had just flipped tables. He had just walked by all these guards. And that was the thing that really turned Peter on. I mean, think about that. And then Jesus, I believe it's emphatic. I don't believe that it's, it's just, you know, I don't believe he's just speaking in the way that we always think of Jesus. Yes, my son, you know, have faith in God. No, I believe he turned around and was like, really? This is what you got all, all excited about? You've seen all these other things. We fed the 5,000. We've walked on water. You've done all the other stuff. And then now a fig tree's dead. Have faith in God. And see, this is the thing that people miss when we speak our words. Is that if we didn't believe it in the first place, then why, didn't we, why did we say it? Because your words have power. Your words have meaning. In fact, Jesus even emphatically says this in Mark 11, 23 and 24. Assuredly, I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain... He's pointing to the Mount of Olives. It was the biggest thing around. And he's saying, If you say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, whatsoever things that when you say them, you believe them, it's going to come to pass. See, this is one of the things that we have to understand about Jesus is that a mountain was deep-rooted. You know, there's the, the mountain goes into the ground. In fact, in one, of the, in one of the, in Luke's version of this, he says the sycamine tree. You go look up the sycamine tree, they don't cut them down because they just keep coming back. You can't get rid of the root. Do you know that when there are things in our life that are deep-rooted... And a mountain's pretty deep-rooted when it goes all the way into the bedrock. It's a part of the earth. He's saying you can uproot any doubt. You can uproot any unbelief. You can uproot any of the things that you're having issues with in your life just by believing and saying. In fact, I love Matthew's version of this. Matthew 17, 20, it says... They're asking him the same thing. And he says, so Jesus said to them, because your unbelief, for assuredly I say unto you, if you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here and into there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Let me grab some water so I can tell you. All right. But see, this is the problem that we have is that our mountains are too deep-rooted 
for us to speak to. In fact, I'm going to tell you what, I think we're really good at, at mountain looking, but we're not really good at mountain speaking. We see our mountains all the time. We talk about them. You know, Heather was talking about, well, you know, I've got this cough or I've got this thing. And I just keep talking about the cough. And I talk about the cough. And I talk about how I can't breathe like I was a breathing. I can't talk. Do you know that the thing is, is you need to be talking the word. And there's a reason why we should be talking the word. And this is the part that just I geek out about. I, y'all, y'all may go, Dusty, I don't like that. And I'm, I'm not geeking out with you. That's fine. Y'all can just sit there while I have a good time, okay? Because what's about to happen is going to blow, it blew my mind, it's about to blow your mind. Because the Holy Spirit just opened up a whole bunch of stuff to me out of this. In fact, in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1-4, through 4, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was, I'm sorry, without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life and the light of men. So essentially, Jesus himself, the Word made flesh, was in the beginning, and he was the Word. He was the one that that spoke in the beginning. And we're about to go to Genesis here in just a second and see where he spoke because he's a part of God. So he's the one that actually was the creative part of God. He was the very creative, the very centric part of God's being. He was the one that spoke things into existence and we're going to see that. But before we go there, I'm going to show you something because we're going to tie up what's physically happening in our world to what happened back then. And also what we're going to see of how we speak into the world now. Y'all about ready? Y- y'all, I built this up pretty good. Y'all feel good about it? Y'all, y'all ready? Because this right here is going to change your life. All right? Because you're going to see things that was physical that was manifested from the spiritual. Okay? String theory. How many people's ever heard of string theory? Eh, not everybody. Let me tell you what string theory is. In fact, I've got a definition of it. According to string theory, absolutely everything in the universe, all the particles that were made up of the matters and force is comprised of tiny vibrating fundamental strings. Moreover, every one uh, of these strings is identical. So all the strings that are there are identical. Now let me tell you what the string is from, okay? Okay. So when they take the, the Hadron Collider, anybody ever heard of the colliders that they have and they've got the Hadron Collider? It's the biggest in the world. And what they do is they take particles and they, they bump them together. And when it does, it breaks them apart. And they're able to measure and see that beyond the proton, neutrons, and all of those matter particles, there are strings. And every single type of particle that they have used, they found that it's the same type of string. Now, the the thing that gets really, really cool is this next part. And it says here, the only difference between one string and the other is whether the heavy particle that is a part of the atom or the massless particle 
carries light. It res it's a resonating power or how it vibrates. I want you to understand something. Whenever they, if I take this piece of metal, right? I take this, this metal, there's particles, and the same string is in those particles for metal. But they vibrate for metal and metal alone. When my guitar is made of wood, the trees that are out there, that it was created out of, the wood particles vibrate only in the frequency of wood particles. How many people's got an amen moment out of that? You're about to have one. See, one of the things that we need to understand is that in everything that we have around us, there is protons and neutrons and all the, the particles that are out there. And they're all a part of the, the mass that is created for these chairs and the carpet and everything. Every piece of thing, even the light particles that are coming at us. And these strings that are at the beginning of these particles, these strings vibrate only for those particular type of things. They don't, a, a light string does not vibrate the same as a steel or wood doesn't vibrate the same as plastic and so on and so forth. Let me tell you what's happening is that when God spoke wood into existence, it created a resonancy vibration that is in the particle Oh my God, if you don't get this, guys, I'm going to tell you what, we're starting to see how the, how the spiritual became the physical. Because when God said, let there be trees, guess what happened? The very voice of God went into that particle and it started vibrating like a tree. And that tree just kept vibrating and it kept going and kept going and then when he said all the minerals and all the different things and he spent all those days speaking to these things when Jesus was the pre-incarnate Christ spoke these into existence they vibrate with the very voice of God I'm telling you get a hold of that because now we see how the Word made flesh, when He was speaking things into existence, everything that was spoken into existence, to this day, every proton and neutron, they all vibrate with the being of what it is when He created it. It's still sounding. It's still like that string that is vibrating on my guitar for every single thing. How much more is our words powerful? I'm going to show you something because this is pretty awesome. I think this, this right here kind of takes it home. In Genesis chapter 1, this is Jesus speaking, by the way. In the beginning was God, and he created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. The darkness of the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And out of that speech vibrated light. And it was light and God was 
the light and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness and he called the, the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be the firmament and in the midst of the waters and let them divide the waters from the waters. So essentially, if you, if you go back and study like before the flood, there was waters above. There was an actual canopy that went all over the world. And there was also waters in the deep. So when you go back and you... You look at Noah's account of when, the, of when the flood happened. You had the canopy of water that fell, and you also had the waters shooting up from, from under the ground. That's where all the water came from. In fact, we probably had less water on the planet. There was probably more land mass at that time. And so, essentially... We, God said, hey, I'm going to divide both of these. And so then it says here in verse 8, And he called all the firmament heaven, um, <clears throat> so that the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said in verse 9, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called sea. And God saw it, and it was good. Verse 11 says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herbs that are yielding seed, and the fruits, trees, and, and yielding fruit according to its kind. So God goes out there, and he tells the earth and light, day and night, he started the, the earth in motion. Just by his own voice. See, God started everything in, in secession with what he said. And that's the reason why when we actually look at the, at the basis of a particle, when we look at the building blocks of everything that was created, it was the words that God spoke that created these things. And when he created them, they have been vibrating that way in every particle and also in you and in me. That means that the, the very word of God is in every one of your cells. Amen. I knew that some of this was going to be kind of like, I don't know what to do with this. I know what you do with it. You realize that God himself has spoke things into existence, into your life, into the things that are around you. And because of that, there is authority and power that you get to speak into other things. So he brings forth grass and all the herbs of the air and all the fruit. Verse 13 says, uh, So the evening and the morning were divided, uh, were the third day, and then God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heaven and divide night from day and let it be the signs of seasons. So he started the seasons and he started the days and years. In verse 15, it says, let them be uh, for lights of the firmament in heaven uh, to give light to the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, uh, the greater light to rule by day and the lesser light by by night. So you have the sun and you have the moon. 
And it says in verse 17, God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on earth and to rule over the day and over the night and the divide of the light from the darkness. And God saw it was good. Verse 19 says, so the evening and morning were the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters abound and with abundance of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament in heaven. So God created a great sea creatures and, and very living things that moves in which the waters abound and according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. God set in motion by his words, the very seasons, the very times, the very years, the very everything. Do you realize until this very time, there was no time? I'm going to say it again. Until this very time, there was no time. When people say, well, the earth is four and a half billion years old. And, you know, the universe is 14 and a half billion years old. Well, you know, the thing is, is that there was no concept of time until God started time. See, we have to understand that we think that because we can, they, by the way, they can't measure anything other than the fact that they see light from way far away and they measure it. Because they think that light moves at 386,000 miles per second. Okay, so in order to do math, do you have to have constants or can you have variables? You have to have constants, right? You have to have something that is very constant. Well, if you, huh? You don't have to have any variables. The thing is, is God decided when time started. Man didn't decide when, when time started. We're measuring something that we think is 14 billion years away. That we think that the earth is four and a half billion years old just because we're so far away from these particular places. But see, time started when God said. And even that time in the setting of motion in string theory is the vibration of when it started. And it says here in verse 23, and it says, So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And then God said, Let the earth bring forth the, bring forth the living creatures according to its kind, and cattle and creeping things and the beasts of the earth according to its kind. And it was so, and God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, and cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeped on the earth according to its kind. So God did create some creeps, so we do need to understand that. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man in our own image according to our own likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing. So we have dominion over creeps too. That the things creeping on the earth so that God created man in his own image and the image of God he created him male and female. He created them. 
See, I want you to understand something that God himself created us in his own image. He is a spirit, so we have a spirit. He had the very word of God, the mind of God, which is Jesus. And see, that's the thing that really just blows me away is every time I think about Jesus, I think about that he gave the most creative part of himself to send to this earth in order to speak into our lives. But see, without him sending Jesus, the most creative and most articulate and, and the words of, his, of who he is, then we would have never had a covenant because covenant is words. See, that's what we need to understand is that Jesus himself was the very word made flesh. He was the very creative part of God. And when God sent Jesus to the earth, then guess what happened? He sent the most creative part. See, that's why it was the most risky because if, if the devil had ever gotten Jesus to flip, which he tried multiple times, then the very word of God would have gone forth to do the bidding of somebody besides the spirit of God. See, this is something that we need to understand is that God trusted him, himself. He trusted Jesus. He trusted us to send his very son, to send his very word, to send his very creative part of who he was to the earth so that we now have his word in us. Amen? See, that's one of the reasons why when we... It's just like Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. It says that we hear the word of God and that we believe the word of God and that when we believe the word of God, that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. See, we're made in His image. Spirit, soul, and body. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit He gave to be on the earth, to be around us and to, and to touch us. Do you know that the very words that we speak, that it transforms, it, it creates because Jesus himself has been there and he has given us authority and power. In fact, we're going to see this right here. Well, I wanted to give you this scripture too. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. That means that whenever you speak, that you can either speak life or you can speak death over whatever it is. See, I want you to understand something. This is not, th this right here is one of these messages that because we understand what our ground is and we understand where we're supposed to be going, that, that if we can get our ground, the doubts and the unbeliefs out of our heart, then if we can plant the right word, if we can plant that, that grain of seed, of faith into our heart, then guess what will happen? We get to create. We don't destroy. When you speak faith, you change the vibration of every molecule of your situation. I love what Matthew says right here. It says, Matthew 28, 18, it says, Jesus came and spoke to them and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore... So that, that go therefore means that I'm handing it over to you. I, I've given you dominion over not just the, 
not just the earth and all the different stuff that is there, but because I've been given authority over all these other things, that means that you get to change reality. I'm going to say it again. Because he's been given the authority, now we have been given to go forth to change the reality. You may be going, I've got stuff in my life that I'm just never going to get rid of. Well, then you're not speaking the right words. Because you're supposed to be speaking the words of God and changing it because the authority was given unto Jesus. And then guess who lives on the inside of us? Jesus. Do you know that if Jesus lives on the inside of you and you are able to speak His words, then His words are what's going to change the situation. You know, authority is about like this. Kings used to give authority to people to go do stuff because they didn't have enough hands to sign papers and to go do all that. They called them magistrates. And what they would do is he would say, here's my ring, and exceedingly ring. And if I give you one of these rings, that means that I have given you my authority to be able to go and write something, put the wax on it, and then the ring would actually signify that the king himself is blessing it. See, Jesus did this on our heart. And our insignia ring is this tongue. See, whenever we speak the Word of God, whenever we speak in faith, whenever we speak over our situation that we don't commiserate with our situation, but we speak it, then that means that we're putting the seal of God on the thing that is coming about in our life. That we get to speak to it and we get to change it. And that we change the very vibration of what's happening in our, in our life. Right now, there's some people that you've got some like, you know, that, that death metal going on in your life, right? But then God says, well, hey, do you want some tiptoe to the tools? Well, you know, guess what? You get to be the one that changes the vibration of what's going on in your life. You get to speak it. You get to be the one that now, because the authority was given unto Jesus, and now go forth, therefore. It means it's time for you to do something. And it says right here, and it says, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. That's the word. How do you think we actually got the Bible? I mean, you know, Jesus actually spoke these things to people, through, not, just, you know, not just by the Holy Spirit, but some of them. Paul, he spent three years in Sinai with Jesus. Three years. And guess what? When he spent that time with him, he gave him all of it. Do you know that he gave all of it to his, uh, to his own disciples? And do you know that they were so busy just being their discipleness, you know? They all had doubts and they ran around and everything was just... Uh... You know, Paul, by the time he got a hold of Jesus... Paul was like, hey, I'm pretty studious. I'm going to make sure that I write it all down. That's one of the reasons why Peter said, hey, some of the stuff that Paul teaches, wow, I don't even remember that. You know why? Because Peter was too busy being in the moment. And Paul was 
was busy in understanding what Jesus was saying to him. You know, a lot of times in our lives, we're a little bit like that. You know, there's things that we've learned throughout our lives that we forget pretty quickly because we were more in the middle of our situation rather than saying, I'm not going to let this situation happen again. Well, the same exact thing happens with the Word of God. We read the Word of God. How many people have read all the way through the Bible? At least once. You know, that was one of the things I'd read through the Bible back years ago. And then when I went to Bible school, I reread all the way through it. And I've since reread through it all the way again. Do you know the first time I read through the Bible, I read it. I couldn't have told you where anything was at in the Bible because I read it. See, reading the Bible just means that you read it. But see, the second time that I went all the way through the Bible, I started living it. It started becoming a part of who I was. It started becoming a part of what I was trying to get to. And I think we've had conversations around our family that if you could like send a kid to school, you know, grade school all the way up at like 40, they would be a whole lot better students. <laughs> you know why? Because at 40 we give two flying flips about it. When we're 5 to, to 18 years old, man, just get me out of here. Do you know that that's one of the reasons why I believe that in our own society, in our own lives, that we take the Word of God and we just, oh, John 3, 6, do you know a Bible verse? Yeah, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever shall believe in Him shall have everlasting life. And they just go, well, isn't that a nice little verse? Tebow put it under his eye, you know, when he was playing football back years ago and all this other stuff. But we didn't actually get anything out of just hearing John 3.16 until it become a revelation to us. See, sometimes we've got to spend time with the Word in order to understand the Word. And then we've got to speak the Word. Do you know the more I speak the Word, the more I understand it? You know, there's things that I speak today that I didn't understand six months ago like I do today. I understand a lot about the Word. I know lots of verses. I can quote verses to you. I know about Bible stories. But, you know, sometimes I'm sitting there reading a Bible story that I've read a thousand times, it seems like, from the time I was a kid. And about the time I get to the end of it now, I go, God, you were doing something different. I've been taught wrong. I've read that wrong. I've seen it wrong. You know why? Because I wasn't speaking it. Because I wasn't teaching it. Because I wasn't living it. I was just reading it. See, that's the problem that we have in our society. Is that too often we've got the YouTube mentality. Where's my phone? I'll just look it up on YouTube. Well, YouTube's fine. But guess what happens? is that if you're not speaking the word, then you're not changing the vibration of your situation. If you're not speaking the word, then you're not changing the vibration of other people's situation. You know, some people just need to know that they can. Oh God, I, some people just need to know that they can. You know, the best thing that you could ever tell somebody is that it's going to be okay. Let's pray about it. Let's stand in agreement. Well, it's been bad for so long. 
Well, guess what? It could be better. Let's start speaking good things about where we're going. Well, I just don't see it. Well, guess what? I, you know, I've never been a, a fake it till you make it type of person. But if that's what gets you moving in the right direction, then fake it till you make it. If you keep speaking it, eventually you're going to believe it. You know, I'm not trying to get a million dollars to come to your, to, you know, into your uh, mailbox by the end of the week, right? I mean, you might go turn on the TV and you see somebody, hallelujah, if you just send me $50 and I'll pray and there'll be a million dollars in your, in your mailbox by the end of the week. Guess what? I don't care about that stuff. I want you to have the opportunities God wants for you. So if it's a million bucks by the end of the week, so be it. Please tithe on it. But if you're going to... If you're going to do this, then what I want you to understand is, is that God has particular plans for you. And when you speak the word, then you're going to move in that direction. You know, the best way to get out of, get out of a situation is to get through it. The best way to get out of a situation is to get through it. Heather used to say all the time, how come when there's two 18-wheelers, you go right straight through the middle of them and you're going, you know, 80 miles an hour? Because I want to get through it. I don't want those guys to get all jacked up and they, like, knock me off the road. I need some amens out of Matt and some other people. Because this is the thing. If there's a situation to be had, I'd rather be in front of it than have the wreck and have the wreck behind me. See, that's the thing is there's wrecks in your life. There's things that are going on in your life and you're still in the middle of that wreck. And God's going, let's speak some words and let's get you through it. Let's go beyond where we're at. Let's get to the next place. Let's go to the place that I have prepared for you. And it says here, and it said, Teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Amen. Matt, come on up. You know that there is a, there's a place that we've got to go to where we speak the words and that we believe them and that we see our mountains being moved. You know, there are things that are so deep-rooted in your heart. There's things that are so deep-rooted in the things that that you've been doing all of your life. You might have had parents that had issues. You might have had a a marriage issue. You might have had a spouse issue, a child issue. I don't know. But the Holy Spirit does. And the Holy Spirit will tell you how to change that situation. But you need to speak it. Now, I'm not telling you if you're sick to go, I'm not sick in Jesus' name. That's not what I'm saying. But you saying, I am health in Jesus' name, that by his stripes I was healed, so that means that I am health. You know, 1 Peter 2.24 was looking towards from the cross to now. And Isaiah 53.4 was looking from that point, hoping for the cross. Because at the cross, Jesus took on the stripes for your healing. He took on uh, all of your shame and your, your condemnation and everything. He wanted to come and give you life. 
And see, this is the problem that we have is that if you don't have the life-giving words, go get them. Start speaking them. Because there's situations that are bad in your life and you need to speak your way through it. Get through. Don't stay there. Keep saying the word. Keep preaching the word to yourself. Preach the word to the people around you. There's people that are around you that have bad situations and you get to speak into their life. <clears throat> you know, some people are going to go, well, I just don't know if I believe in all that. Well, I do. Let's keep speaking it until you do. That's one of the reasons why the power of agreement is so important because when any two shall agree on earth, it shall be done for them as it is in heaven. Well, you know what? A lot of times there's people who don't believe and I'm believing with them, so I pull a third one in. If two or three are in agreement, then I, Jesus, is in the midst with them. That means you can have an unbeliever and I can have two believers and Jesus is standing there trying to bridge the gap for them. But we've got to bridge the gap. We can't be the people that are sitting there just all upset because of our own situation. And we can't get past ourselves. And then we definitely can't help anybody else. If you've got problems in your life, let's start speaking to those problems. And I'm not asking you to go find people to go help with their problems if you ain't got your problems taken care of. But I will tell you this. There's a point to where, and it's quick. I mean, it's like this. The moment you start seeing it and you start knowing that God's vibration of his word, when it's spoken into a situation, that it changes it from junk into life. See, speaking the words of God and changing it from death into life so that we can partake of the fruit. Man, it's goodness. It's goodness that we speak. Every head bowed and every eye closed. There's some of you in here that you need to really take this. And I'm not going to ask for any hands. I'm not going to ask for anything. But there are things that you need to be speaking into your life. And you need to be asking the Lord, show me how to, the words to speak. Help me to find the Bible verses. Help me to know what to speak into this. Go find people that can help you to speak. I will help you speak. I will find good things for you to say. We can get this done. But I pray in the name of Jesus that you hear this and that you take heed because death is coming. Death wants to take you out. And we need to speak life. I pray over each and every person, Father, in the name of Jesus. I just thank you that you are flooding them, Holy Spirit, with understanding about where to go and what to do. That the things that they need to be speaking unto, that you are showing them the the next steps, the next levels. That if it's healing, that by his stripes we were healed. And so if we were healed, then we are helped. And if we need money that, that my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, that he's going to supply it. And that, Father, that if they need to know how to get out of a situation, that you are showing them where to go and what scriptures and the things that they need to be done. Just like in Hebrews chapter 12 where it says, 
Therefore, with such a great cloud of witnesses, that means the people that are looking at them, Father, that they will that that they will start seeing that these witnesses are not going to take on, they're not going to take on their persona, but that they're going to lay aside every weight and every sin that easily besets them. And that they're going to look to Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of their faith because He authored it. He spoke it into existence. He spoke the goodness. And all we have to do is look at His words and not the words of the the devil, not the words of the world, but speak life. Father, I pray over each and every person that, that you're just helping them to see the next steps. Father, I pray over each and every person. Love them. I just care for them. I want them to, I want them to go into their life and be world changers and that they live the best life that they could live. Father, we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you need prayer for anything, I'll be up here at the front. We can, you know, I, I want to give you the opportunity for me to be able to speak into your life if you need it. I, I believe in this so strongly. This is the things that I've been speaking into my own life and into my family's life. And I just want to see this happen in your life. We just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Have a great week.